What do you choose? What do you choose? I choose to worship this morning. Or do you choose to be quiet? I choose to be a worshiper. I choose to participate in this service. Or did you choose just to come here and just allow the enemy to make you look crazy or to sit there and be defeated? The devil is a liar. What do you choose to do? Do you choose to be an asset or do you choose to be a hindrance? Do you choose? Because you have a choice. 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 You keep looking at what you don't have. Why don't you look at what you do have? We're always focusing on what we don't have. We're always looking at what we don't have in the day. But have you looked at the God that supplies all your needs? You're always looking at what somebody did to you. But did you look at what somebody did for you? You're always looking at what Nick, oh, y'all don't hear no word. We're so quick to look at what hasn't happened and what we haven't done, but have you looked to see what God has done and what he is doing? I wish I had a witness in here. I wish I had somebody in here. You can choose this morning. I said you can choose this morning. You can choose this morning. You can choose to look at this carpet. You can choose to look at this room. Or you can keep your eyes on the Lord. You can keep your eyes on worship. You can choose to look around here. And we can choose to complain. We can choose to look at what we see. But my Bible says we walk by faith. And not by sight. You can choose to be down about this. Or you can choose to use what has happened this week. To be a stepping stone to another level. You can choose to get down. You can choose to complain. Or you can choose what has transpired over your life. And over the course of history during this week. You can choose to make it come, make you come together like we've never come together before. We can choose to change things, but the choice is yours. What do you choose? I said, what do you choose? Anybody can complain. A chump can complain. Anybody can just sit and talk. But what are you going to do about it? The Bible says whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You got to be a doer. Are you a doer or are you a complainer? It only boils down to those who do and those who don't do. Anybody can talk and say anything, but what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? You can use where you are right now. You can use your mouth either to be negative or to be positive. You can use your words to tear stuff down or to lift people up. You can use your money right now to go and do the negative or you can use whatever God has given you to invest in the positive. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I wish I had somebody right now. What do you choose? That's what Josh, that's what Joshua asked the children of Israel. He asked him, he said, choose ye this day whom you will serve. That's what, Joseph, that's what Joseph said. He said, look, I don't know what you're going to do, but you need to make up your mind today. Are you going to choose God or are you going to choose the other way? Are you going to choose death or are you going to choose life? Oh, come on, somebody. You can choose this morning. You can choose to allow your problems. You can choose uh, to allow your problems to control you. To control how you feel, to control how you think, to control what attitude you have toward people around you. You can choose to allow it to be a stumbling stone, a stumbling block. 
You can choose to allow it to be a crater that pulls you down in the depths of the seas of the waters of life. You can allow the issues of life and the attacks and the negatives that come from our leaders, the lack of leadership. You can use that. You can choose to use that as something to bring you down or to discourage you. Or you could use it as a motivation. You can use it as a motivation to say, here I am, Lord. If nobody else says something, I'll say something. If nobody else will stand up, I'll stand up. So you can use it either to pull you down or you can use it to lift you up to the heights which God has called you to be lifted up to. Now, what do you choose today? I say it again. What do you choose today? Will you choose to allow whatever's going on in your home that's not right? Or whatever's going on in your job that's not right? Or whatever's going on in your spirit that's not right? Or whatever lack or deficiency you may have in your life, what do you choose? Do you choose to allow it? Because you have a choice. Some of you think you do not have a choice, but the devil is a lie. Every day that I wake up, one of the blessings that God has given to us is the freedom of choice. You can choose you this day whom you will serve. Will you serve the negative or will you serve the positive? Will you serve joy or will you serve a bad attitude? Will you have anger, be angry or will you choose to be happy? So you can tell the negative people in your life to get out of your face. You can stop negative conversation. You can resist the devil, the Bible says, and he will flee. What is a devil? A devil is anything that's opposite of what God's word says. In other words, the devil is not just a person or a being, but it's negative conversation. It's anything that tries to tear me down. It's anything that tells me I'm not human or I'm not important. It's anything that tries to devalue me. That is a devil. It's sorrow. It's pain. That's a devil. Sickness is a devil. Depression is a devil. Oppression is a devil. Dehumanization is a devil. And I believe I resist the devil and he will flee from me. Poverty is a devil. Not enough is a devil. I don't know about you, but I think it's time we start resisting some devils. For the Bible says if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. So what do you choose today? Do you choose to embrace your devils or do you choose to resist your devils? The choice is yours. You can choose what you want to do. You can choose this opportunity right now. You can take advantage of this opportunity. You can either sit there and be divided. It's amazing how division can be so close. Even when you're closely together, you can still be so separate. Even being in a tight spot where you're almost touching each other in the natural, yet you're so far in the spiritual. But the Bible says we're too touch and agree. He wasn't talking about just the physical body, but he was talking about the spirit. He was talking about we're too touch and agree in the spirit realm. Now you have a choice today to choose what you touch and agree on today. You can choose to touch and agree on dwelling on the negatives, on dwelling on everything that's transpired, on dwelling on lack of hope, dwelling and feeling that there is no hope. Or you can grab hold to what the Bible says. There is hope for a tree that at the smell of water, it shall doubtly sprout again. And I quote that all the time because you have to remember that as long as God is on the throne, as long as you have breath in your body, there is hope. And some people like to talk about hope. And I've heard people all week long, especially some of those who are supposed to be of the conscious community, of course, they love to talk about how the church is 
is just selling hope. Nobody is selling anything, but if you have no hope, you become hopeless. And if you don't have hope, if somebody don't have hope, they're already dead. And so that's ignorance of, 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 of that type of thinking is because if I don't have a hope, then what motivates me to do anything if I don't believe that it can be done? What helps me to overcome the deficiencies that I face in my life if I don't have faith? If I don't have hope that tomorrow is going to be a better day, then what gives me the fuel to even get up in the morning? What gives me the, in, the inspiration to even wash my face, get in the car, drive into traffic, and go on a job that I know where people don't like me at? If it wasn't for the blessing of hope, y'all don't want no word. We would already be defeated. It was hope that got us through slavery. It was hope that got us through Jim Crow. It was hope that got us through lynching. It was hope that got us through segregation. It was hope that got us through hoses and dogs being put on us. And so therefore, I embrace the spirit of hope because it was the hope that brought us, that brought us through. Somebody say, I got hope. I got hope. Yes, I refuse, and you should refuse, to allow the enemy's plan to come into fruition. And what his fruition is, is to break down your hope. It's to destroy your hope. It's to make you feel hopeless. It's to make you feel like you have lost, that it's over with, nothing can happen. But greater is he. See, if it was just about us, then yes, it would be hopeless. If it was just about me and you, it would be hopeless. If it was just about what we could do and what we had, it would be hopeless. It was, if it was just about how many guns we had, it would be hopeless. If it was just about how many numbers we had, it would be hopeless. But I thank God my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. My hope is not built on man. See, that's what somebody got to understand. My hope is not built on man. And my hope is not built in a God, in a God that's white and blue-eyed. Come on, somebody. God is a spirit. And they that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. Every time they attack your spirituality, every time they attack you believing in Christianity, you are not believing in some white, blue-eyed God. He's everybody's God. He's the white man's God. He's the black man's God. He's the Chinese man's God. He's the Arab's God. He is everybody's God because he is a spirit. Y'all don't know word. We got to kill that. That's a God from the pit of hell because it causes division. It causes race wars. And that's what the enemy is trying to do. He's a divider. Divide and conquer has always been his objective. Divide and conquer. Y'all don't want no word. And first, what we have to do, as I said before, when I was on Periscope, you and I have to learn how to first get yoked up with God. Then you got to get yoked up with each other. The thing that has attacked us the most is the spirit of division. It was the key element. It was the key element. It was the key training mechanism. It was the key tool that divided us or that caused this dysfunctionality. It was the spirit of division. The spirit to look at someone that looks like you and not trust them. The spirit to not be motivated to help and assist those who look like you. I wish I had somebody. You have to understand. You have to understand. This has always been the devil's plight. I must address you first 
as African-Americans, as black people, I must address you first because no one like us are under the attack that we're up under. Yes, everyone is going to be attacked in some way, but there's no, there's no, the, the, the pressure right now. Black people are on high alert. This has nothing to do with not liking someone. This is something to do with loving yourself and acknowledging. And those that want to dismiss it just don't understand. I'm going back on Periscope again, and I'm going to try to do it today because I was wakened to something that disturbed me. And at the moment, I couldn't speak about it, and I didn't. I was going to do something yesterday, but I said I'm going to wait. I want to make sure I'm very precise and concise because I was sitting there and I happened to flick a channel and my mother watches it all the time and I don't. But it was uh, Jimmy Swagger. He has his own network and they were doing a roundtable discussion. And one caller called in and was talking about how they seem so overly uh, in high alert or sensitive to the acts that took place in Dallas. They were overly sensitive about it. They were just, you know, just overtaken by it. And they were really just lifting it up and just talking about it. I have my theories on that, too, because you realize and I pray that if anyone was hurt or shot, any police officers, then our hearts go out to them because it's never right to take a life. It's never life to pray on someone. You want to be a real man and a real woman? Meet me face to face. Look me in my eye, mano and mano. It's always been a weak tactic to hide behind a sheet or to hide behind a wall or to hide behind a building. You don't like me, you want to do something about it, then meet me in the center ring. We don't adhere to, nor do we advocate any type of violence. Do you hear what I'm saying? Not in that regard. Not in that regard. Never. So we pray for the lives of those officers if that ten transpired. And I, I use the word if. You say, why did you say if? Because you have to realize that propaganda is real. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Propaganda is real. They have been using propaganda since the beginning of time. And you got to understand, you have to confirm things. Because they have actors and stages and false flags. Different things are staged like the media. Media can stage events. See, it's not beyond the pale. See, one thing about this America that we don't realize and understand is that <laughs> because it is a nation, unfortunately, not ruled under God anymore. Then it is a lying nation. It holds and adheres to a lot of lies. Are you following what I'm saying? So things must be confirmed. You got to confirm different things. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah, you have to confirm things. And so we pray. We pray that if anyone was hurt, we pray in Jesus' name for their families and for their souls. But we have to also look at also the other side of the coin. It's very difficult to do that. Because the first thing you get attacked as being insensitive. Or you get attacked as being a racist. Now let me say this and I'm going to say it. Real good because I can't say it. Racist has a two meanings. In actuality, to be racist means that if I dislike you, I can affect your economic status. Racism means that I can affect where you live 
I can affect your education and I can affect how uh, you grow or how you what kind of job you have. That's what racism is. When people talk about reverse racism, because every time you and I as black people stand up and say something, then there is this thing that says it's reverse racism. Black people cannot be racist. We can be prejudiced, but we cannot be racist. Now, what do you mean by that, uh, Bishop? I will tell you what I mean. Because you disliking a particular ethnicity will not change their economic status. You liking a particular ethnicity will not determine their education, will not determine where they live, and why did not determine that how they get jobs. Are you following what I'm saying? Because we don't own anything. We don't own any real solid resources. I'm talking about planes. I'm talking about ships. I'm talking about corporations, major corporations, not mom and pop shops, not a cleaners. I'm talking about major corporations that affect the world at large. We do not do industry. We are not doing mark. We do not. We are not marketing. We are not buying and selling with other countries. So when you start talking about your rights or you trying to be human or someone paying attention to you for who you are to get value, the first thing people want to jump to is that you're doing reverse racism. The devil is alive. Never let that be charged to you. That's why I took the time out to say it. And I know I've said it before. See, this is not a black or white thing. It's a thing about me being able to call myself a man and a woman and to be respected as such, to be looked at as not just some animal or something that's not valuable or something that you can just mistreat or something that you can just dis de de uh, that you can just lay aside. My life is valuable. And you got to realize that the media is owned by five European corporations. There are five families that own the media. You don't own a word today, I tell you. Let me help you. So when you have that type of monopoly on media, then guess what? You you make sure you put out what you want put out, and you put it out how you want it to be put out. You better wake up and smell the coffee, because the first thing individuals want to do is try to make you feel in uh, the, the, the perpetrator wants to become the victim. <laughs> see, that's the trick, see. You know, all of a sudden now I'm, I'm, I'm the victim. Are you following what I'm saying? So, so while we pray and we, we pray no one got hurt, but then you understand propaganda. You understand manipulation of the masses. And it's always going on. And it's just not black people that's being manipulated. White people have been manipulated. Chinese, all people of all cultures. See, this is just not a black thing. It's a, it's a worldly thing. But unfortunately, we are the scapegoats.